Welcome to Dragonfly Tales, a story podcast with me, Leo, and Emily. Hello! And each episode, we will tell you a story from around the world and share some fun and silly things with you. So, Leo, it's episode two! Woohoo! We've had loads of downloads over the last week or so, and we're really grateful that our regular listeners keep tuning in. We love you guys. We do. It would also be really cool if you could spread the word to people about our podcast so you can get more listeners. Tell your school friends. Tell your whole class. Tell your cousins, your neighbours. Share the podcast with anyone you think will enjoy it. That's everyone, surely. Yeah. And we have some special shout-outs this week, haven't we, Leo? Oh, yes. OK, off you go. Well, firstly... We have Amly, Elora and Alexa, or Amy, Rory and Lexi. Hi, peeps. Hi. How are you doing? Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening. Next, we have George in Folkestone. This one's about a monster, George. So get your sword ready. Yeah, George, get ready for yeah. this one. Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening. Also, we have Amara, who lives in our street. Hi, Amara. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. And now we have a massive shout-out to all of Year 5 Green and all of Year 5 Blue at Ambler Primary School. Woohoo! Hi, Ambler! Hi, Year 5! Thank you! Thank you for listening! We know you guys are studying in Greek myths, so this episode is especially for you. Especially for you! Thanks for listening! Thanks for listening! Well, that was great. And remember, if you would like a shout-out, you can either let us know in the Dragonfly Tales Facebook group or you can email us, talesfromthedragonfly at gmail.com. So, Emily, what's the story today? Well, Leo, today's story, as you have probably guessed, is a Greek myth. Oh, I love Greek myths. Yes! In fact, we did a Greek myth last season, didn't we? We sure did. Do you remember it? Yeah, Odysseus and the Cyclops. Check it out, folks. It's a brilliant one. Absolutely. It's in our first season. And today's episode is about another Greek hero. He's brave. Hmm. He's skilled. (laughs) He's hench. He needs to defeat a hideous monster. (laughs) But he can't do it alone. Hmm. He needs a bit of help from a clever friend and an ingenious plan to find the right path. Wow. Wait a minute. Hero, monster, clever plan, find the right path. It's Theseus. It is. Do you know who Theseus is? He's the hero of one of the most famous Greek myths ever. He has to go deep into the labyrinth and battle the Minotaur. That's right. So, at this point, a little word of warning here to the parents. This story gets a bit scary when Theseus goes into the labyrinth. But he'll be okay. He's a hero. Exactly. Now, Leo, how shall we start today's story? I think we should start long, long ago in the kingdom of Athens. Excellent. Long, long ago, in the kingdom of Athens, there lived a young prince, and his name was Theseus. He was the son of King Aegeus of Athens. Now, Theseus was a fortunate young man, being a prince. He had everything he wanted. He was also brave, 
And skilled. And hench. Wait, haven't we done this already? Oh, yeah, we have. Sorry. (laughs) He was quick. He was fit. And he knew how to use weapons. He could ride a horse standing on its back. He really was an excellent young man. He sounds like a warrior as well as a prince. He really was. Now, one day, Theseus was walking along the golden sands, looking at the sparkling blue sea, when he noticed a sort of commotion down at the harbour. There was a ship docked and it had black sails. And in front of the ship, gathered around on the harbour, were a group of people and all of them were crying. (laughs) Theseus watched as seven young men and seven young maidens were boarded onto the ship with black sails, their hands tied, fastened together with rope. They were crying too. He saw an old sailor sitting on a barrel and he went over to him. Excuse me, can you tell me what's going on? Why are all these people crying? And and who are those 14 young people being boarded onto that ship with black sails? The fisherman looked at Theseus and said, Don't you know, my lad? Those are the 14. They're being boarded onto that ship to sail across the sea to the island of Crete. The king there expects them. Why? What does he want these poor people for? Well, that's exactly what Theseus said. What does he want these poor people for? The fisherman scratched at his old beard. You see, my lad, they are... They're a tribute. Human sacrifice. What? They're to be fed to the Minotaur. Now, Theseus had heard of the Minotaur, but he never believed it was real. A huge beast with the body of a giant man and the head of a giant bull roaming the corridors of some never-ending labyrinth underneath the palace at Knossos. The beast was said to have huge curved horns, orange blazing eyes and gnashing teeth in its giant bull head. Why is it called the Minotaur or Minotaur? I think it should be called Bullhead or Twisty Horn. Well, it's good you should ask that, Leo, for the king of Crete was called King Minos and the Greek word for bull is Taurus, Bull of Minos. Half man, half bull. Exactly. And the labyrinth under the palace at Knossos was built by an ingenious man, a madman, a magician called Daedalus. The labyrinth was so complicated, it was said, that no one could ever find their way out. Now you add to that labyrinth a man-eating monster and you don't stand much of a chance. I don't think they stand any chance. Theseus was so horrified that these young people, these poor 14 men and maidens, would be sacrificed to a hideous monster that he ran and he ran all the way back to the palace to confront his father. Father, he shouted, I have just been down to the harbour and I have seen 14 young Athenians being boarded onto a ship to be taken across the sea and fed to the Minotaur. Why is this so? King Aegeus lowered his eyes. He'd been waiting for the day that his son would find out. Theseus, my son, there is nothing we can do 
Long, long ago, Athens and Crete were at war, and Athens was defeated by King Minos. His navy was too strong, and so now, every nine years, we must send a tribute to Crete, a tribute of human sacrifices, seven young Athenian men and seven young Athenian maidens must be paid to Minos and fed to the monster. But why, said Theseus, this is, this is not fair. My son, said Aegeus, there is nothing we can do. If we refuse to send the tribute, King Minos will begin the war again and many, many more young Athenians will die. This King Minos sounds horrible. I think so too. Theseus looked at his father. Is there nothing we can do? No, my son, it is hopeless. But what if the monster was defeated? Yeah, yeah. It is hopeless, said King Aegeus. The monster devours all of those in the labyrinth and those that are not found by the monster are lost forever in its twists and turns. My son, we have no choice but to pay the tribute. But Theseus, was he going to listen to Aegeus? Probably not. Was he going to do nothing about it? Probably not. He's a Greek hero. Theseus went running all the way back down to the harbour and he pushed his way through the weeping and the wailing crowd and he stood in front of the ship with black sails. The fourteen huddled together on board. He faced the crowds and he said, People of Athens, I... Prince Theseus, I shall board this ship and I shall set sail with the fourteen to Crete and I promise you that I shall return with every single one of them. I shall defeat the Minotaur and free our people from this debt. Are you with me? Yeah! Go Theseus! Go Theseus! Theseus told the crowd that if he was successful in defeating the hideous Minotaur, then the ship would return, not with black sails, but with... White sails. White sails. He told the people of Athens to send word to his father to look for the white sails of victory. And then he boarded the ship, huddled himself among the fourteen to disguise himself, and they set sail for the island of Crete. They were at sea for many days, crossing over the ocean, tossed this way and that by the waves. Whoa, I'm feeling a bit sick. Oh, overboard, please, not on my shoes. Finally, Theseus saw the beautiful island of Crete, and way, way up on the top of the cliff, the imposing palace of Knossos. As the ship scraped up onto the shingle, he noticed guards waiting for them. Theseus and the fourteen young people were shoved off the ship and marched by the guards up the steep pathway to the palace at the top. And as soon as Theseus entered the palace, he was mesmerised by the beauty of the place, white Marble pillars, mosaics on the walls of leaping dolphins and fighting bulls. Everything was gold or silver. Wow, this sounds fantastic. It must be so beautiful. He was marched into the throne room 
with the fourteen, and they stood in front of King Minos. He was an old man with a devious smile and a long white beard that trailed down the front of his blue silken robes. King Minos stood up and rubbed his old hands together, cracking the occasional knuckle. And then Minos began to count. One, two, three, uh, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. How very odd. Why does that fool, King Aegeus, send me fifteen instead of fourteen? Oh, well, never mind. One more treat to feed to my monster. <laughs> oh, I don't like this guy at all. At this, Theseus stepped forward and announced himself. I am Prince Theseus, son of King Aegeus of Athens, and I have come here to kill your monster and to take my people home. We will be freed from your hideous debt, Minos. King Minos stared at the young prince, and he began to laugh. <laughs> you <laughs> defeat them. <laughs> okay, don't be so over the top. He's serious. Defeat them. <laughs> okay, you can stop laughing now. You're, you're free to stop. <clears throat> ah, these are very brave words from a, a mighty young prince. And tell you what, just to show what a good sport I am, you can be the first to meet my monster at dawn. Guards, take them away. Uh-oh. Theseus and the Fourteen were marched out of the throne room and down to the dungeons. But while all of this was going on, someone had been watching behind a pillar. The princess, Ariadne. Who's she? She's King Minos's daughter. She had been watching Theseus the whole time he spoke to her father, and she saw how brave he was, how passionate he was. How attractive he was? Yeah, maybe that too. And she swore to herself that she would help him. And so, in the dead of night, Ariadne tiptoed down to the dungeons and searched for Theseus's cell. And when she found it, she whispered to him through the darkness, Prince Theseus, are you there? Are you awake? He's not going to be asleep. He's getting eaten by a monster tomorrow. Well, quite. He was wide awake. And he came over to the cell door. Who is it? Who are you? I am Ariadne, princess, daughter of King Minos, and I want to help you. I've brought you some things that will help you. I cannot help you defeat the Minotaur, but I, I can help you find your way out of the labyrinth if you are successful. And then Ariadne slipped two things underneath the door of Theseus's cell. What do you think they were, Leo? A rubber chicken? No. A spade? 
No. Some rubber gloves? No. He needs something that will help him find his way out of the maze. The labyrinth. What could that be? Hmm. Could it be some sort of map of the labyrinth? You're getting closer. Daedalus was the only one who knew the layout of the labyrinth, but there might be a way to get Theseus back. Maybe some stones? Oh, you mean like breadcrumbs like they do in Hansel and Gretel? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's really close, actually. Shall I tell you? Yeah. Ariadne gave Theseus a ball of string. How's that going to help? Is he going to knit the Minotaur a jumper? No. Ariadne said to Theseus, When you enter the labyrinth, tie one end of the string to the door and then unwind it as you go. It is your only way to find your way back once you have defeated the Minotaur. She also gave him one more object. A weapon? Absolutely. She gave him a sword to kill the Minotaur with. And then she said to Theseus, And please, if you are victorious, you must take me with you back to Athens. My father will kill me if he finds out that I have helped you. I hate him, and I hate that beast that roams about beneath my feet. Promise me, Theseus, that you will rescue me and take me back with you. Theseus nodded that he would on one condition. The fourteen. The fourteen. He made Ariadne promise that she would free the fourteen and have them waiting on a ship if he was lucky enough to escape. And then Ariadne was gone. And all was dark and silent. Theseus put the ball of string and the sword under his tunic and he waited for the dawn. And when it came, he heard the jangle of the keys in the dungeon door. The guards came and took him and led him down the stone corridor to the door of the labyrinth. They heaved open the mighty stone door and pushed Theseus inside. And when that door slammed shut behind him, he was plunged into utter darkness. Okay, this sounds like it's going to get scary. A little bit scary. Are you all right, Leo? Yeah. Theseus could not see a thing. He fumbled underneath his tunic and he found the ball of string and he did as Ariadne had advised him. He tied one end of the string to the door. And then he began to walk forward, feeling the walls on either side, unwinding the string as he went. He couldn't see a thing but the the smell in there. It was like a combination of seaweed and rotting flesh. And there was a a crunching sound underneath his feet with every step he took into the blackness. His heart began to beat faster and faster. Poor Theseus. Onwards through the blackness he went, unwinding the string, feeling around the edges of the stone walls. Left turn here, right turn there. Onwards and onwards through the darkness, unwinding his string, his lifeline behind him. After a little while, some light from the palace above started to seep through the stone floor and Theseus began to see. 
he soon found out what the crunching sound under his sandals was. Was it gravel? There, on the ground, were bones and skulls of victims who had gone before him. Theseus couldn't turn back. The only thing there was to do was to continue down, down into the labyrinth. Turning this way, turning that way. Eventually, Theseus came round one of the stone corners and found himself in an opening, an arena with four entrances and fire torches burning, sand on the ground. He noticed again piles of bones at each corner and realised something. He's at the centre of the labyrinth. He's at the centre of the labyrinth. No sooner had he had this thought when he heard it. Heard what? A low thudding sound far away. But the thudding sound came closer and closer, coming straight towards the arena. Thud, thud, thud. The sound became louder and louder. He could see the sand jumping on the ground in front of him. The thud was now a boom, a boom getting closer and closer. And then there, all of a sudden, standing across the arena from him was the Minotaur. The most hideous creature he had ever seen. It had the body of a man, seven feet tall, and the head of an enormous bull with its curved horns, deathly sharp, and at the end of each horn, dried blood from the victims it had gored before, and in its mouth not bull's teeth, but gnashing lion's teeth, the saliva dripping down and splashing on the stone floor. I don't like it! The orange eyes blazed as they stared at Theseus, the beast snorted through its huge bull nostrils, and then it lowered its horns, and it began to charge, running at Theseus at full speed booming across the arena but Theseus drew his sword and was ready and the huge beast as it lunged towards him Theseus jumped out of the way quickly the beast smashed into the stone wall and it roared in fury whirred around and lunged at Theseus again and this time one of those sharp curved horns gashed at Theseus's side <gasps> he's hurt Theseus reached down to cover the wound it wasn't deep but it stung He backed up with his sword as the animal came thundering towards him, those orange eyes blaring, roaring. But Theseus was smaller and swifter, and he spun out of the way, got behind the creature, and smashed his sword down on the animal's huge head. The minotaur fell to its knees, and Theseus saw his chance. He grabbed those mighty horns from behind and wrestled the creature down, down, down onto the ground. Drawing his sword above his head, he plunged it down into the monster's heart. The creature roared one final time and then lay silent. Oh, that was the most epic battle. That was quite intense, wasn't it? In the world. Theseus looked down and could see that he was bleeding. 
but the injury was all right. Then he started to look around for the ball of string. Oh no. Where was it? He was holding it. He was sure he was holding it. He couldn't see the ball of string. Oh no, he can't get back without it. He searched wildly, his fingers in the sand, the blood-soaked sand, looking for the ball of string, and then the realisation dawned on him. There was only one place that the ball of string could be. Where? Underneath the Minotaur's huge body. With the last of his strength, he took hold of the creature's massive body and heaved it over. Are you ready? Two, Two. three. Three. (laughs) And there, beneath the giant body lying in the blood-soaked sand, was Ariadne's ball of string. Oh, thank goodness! Theseus picked up the ball of string and began to follow the thread back, back through the corridors of stone, turning this way and that way through the labyrinth until the light began to disappear again and he was plunged into darkness. He held on to the string, his lifeline, following it all the way back to the door and then he had an awful thought. What was it? What if she lied? What if she wasn't there to open the door? What if he was trapped inside the labyrinth forever? But as he rounded the last corner, he saw that the door was open. And there, standing in the doorway, silhouetted by its frame, was the princess Ariadne. Theseus sighed with relief and stepped out of the darkness and into the light. Theseus, you've been wounded. You've been hurt. No, 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 it's, it's nothing, he said. It's nothing. Tis but a scratch. Tis but a scratch. The fourteen, you promised me. Ariadne told Theseus that the fourteen had been released and were waiting for them on a ship in the harbour. But we must hurry, she said. If my father finds out what I have done, he will kill us both. Ariadne led Theseus down a secret passageway and out into the sunshine. And there, just as she had said, Theseus saw the ship with black sails and the fourteen young people safely aboard. And as the sun shone down on the sparkling sea, they sailed for Athens and home. The... Wait, 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 wait. What about the white sails? Well remembered, Leo. Theseus forgot to change the black sails to white. But that is a part of the story for another time. For now, it's... The The End. End. So, Leo, did you like that story? Yes, it was amazing. What was your favourite bit? My favourite bit was, as well as when he defeated the Minotaur, when Ariadne gave him the ball of thread. Without that plan, he would have been stuck in there forever. I know, it was really clever, wasn't it? He wouldn't have been able to do it without her. Now, every episode after the story, we have a fun slot on the show where we have guest tellers on Leo's Top 5. So this week, it is... 
Leo's top five. So, Leo, what is the subject of your top five? Today it is top roll doll characters. Woo! Oh, great one. Okay, then here we go. Number five in Leo's favourite roll doll characters is Aunt Sponge from James and the Giant Peach. Oh, good one. Why do you like her so much? Well, she's always boasting about how pretty she is when she's really not. No, she's quite funny, isn't she? Yeah. Okay, here we go. Number four. Coming in at number four is... The BFG, Big Friendly Giant. Oh, great character. Why do you like him so much? It's so cool that he gives all of those children those dreams and how he makes up loads of words like Snozcumber and Fizzwizard. Fizzwizard. I love him. He's so good. Okay. And coming in at number three, it's... Matilda. Oh, yeah. She's awesome because she's really, really clever. And she's been able to speak since she was under one. And she's been able to still be so kind and clever when she has horrible parents. Yeah, that's a good one. Okay, coming in at number two, it's... Mr. Fox from Fantastic Mr. Fox. Good one. Why do you like him so much? He's so amazing the way he digs and he smells and he is able to save his family. Even when his tail was shot off by the horrible farmers, Boggis, Bunce and Bean. Ooh, bit of a spoiler alert there. Yeah. But I think we all know the story. Okay, and then that means that Leo's favourite Roald Dahl character is... The classic Willy Wonka from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, good one. Why do you love Mr Willy Wonka so much? He's so amazing because he makes these amazing sweets that children can only dream of, like balloons that you can pop and then gobble up, ice creams that don't melt in the sun, and eggs that you pop on your tongue and then they hatch into little birds. Woohoo! I know, crazy ideas. Yeah. But he makes them a reality, doesn't he? Yeah. Oh, I love it. Mr. Willy Wonka. And that was Leo's Top Five. So, next episode, we're really keen to have a guest teller on the show. So, if you think you would like to have a go at telling your version of a favourite folk tale or a fairy tale, then you simply have to get in touch. And I'll put the links on how to do that in the episode notes. It only has to be five minutes long. And if you are enjoying our podcast, please spread the word. And if you can, make a little donation on the website to keep us going. And thank you so much. Yes, big thanks to you all. You have been listening to Dragonfly Tales with Leo and Emily. We hope you enjoyed our podcast and we'll be back with another story soon. But until then... We followed the thread all the way to the end. It's time to head home. Fare thee well, my friend. Bye. Dragonfly Tales podcast is brought to you by Tales from the Dragonfly. Come and follow our Facebook page, Tales from the Dragonfly. Find us on Instagram at mdragontales and on Twitter at Tales from the DR1.